Thanks for downloading this show from PC1. Before we get rolling, here's a word from one of the folks who helped bring you this podcast. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his news-making interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. by now is new every Thursday via podcast1.com and iTunes. Remember, keep the podcast free. Go to podcast1.com and you'll find all of the great sponsors of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. When you visit my page, just search for it. And because of them, I can bring you this podcast free each week and with limited ads at no additional cost to you. Remember, if you heard a sponsor that you want to try out or you would like to learn some more information or forgot a sponsor, you know what to do. You just go to podcastone.com. You search for the Eddie Trunk podcast page. You click on the Killer Deals button, and there you'll see all the sponsors and uh, check it all out. Great promotional deals, same great value, and we appreciate you buying through those links. Everything you need, easily accessible in one place, podcastone.com. The Yeti Trunk Podcast page, Killer Deals, and all the sponsors that are there. We thank our sponsors. We thank Amazon. They're part of our, uh, we're part, I should say, of the Amazon's Associate Program. That is an affiliate advertising program, and it's designed to provide a means for me to earn fees by linking to Amazon.com and affiliated sites. You can link to Amazon via podcastone.com. And like I said, my page. So, a uh, couple things here. Apologize for the uh, audio quality here on this open, and that is because I am not using my traditional studio setup. I am on the road. I am in Tulsa at the time that I am recording this, which is the Tuesday night before the post date of Thursday. I am at the beautiful Hard Rock Casino in Tulsa, where I've stayed many, many times. And I am here because I hosted Rocklahoma this past weekend, and I'm sticking around for the week because this Friday, tomorrow, if you're listening to this on post day, I will be hosting a show in downtown Tulsa at the IDL Ballroom with Tom Kiefer. So it didn't make sense to go home. I decided to stay here for the week. I'm doing my radio show from the casino floor here in the Hard Rock, and then I'll hit the uh, Kiefer show, and then I'll get home. Uh, this weekend. Also, while I'm here, uh, Vince Neal is coming in to play here at the Hard Rock on Thursday, the day you're hearing this, which, uh, if you're, again, if you're listening on post day. So I look forward to seeing Vince and Dana and Jeff and Zoltan and his band. So that should be cool. Um, 
My voice may sound a little hammered. I am still in recovery mode coming off of Rocklahoma. Uh, uh, really, Rocklahoma knocks the socks off of me in a lot of ways every time I do it. This was the 11th year, and it was hot, and the weather was in and out, but we got through it. Unfortunately, the Saturday performances... A lot of the headlining acts, the top three bands, as a matter of fact, did not play due to weather. Weather is a major issue in Oklahoma, especially in May. And because of that, weather did interfere with Rocklahoma to some degree and disrupt things, forcing the cancellation of most of the bill on Saturday, uh, the headlining part of the bill, the last three bands on the main stage. So I know Rocklahoma's working to figure out some concessions to make it up for the fans, but it's a tough situation all the way around, and it is a byproduct of festivals. There are so many festivals now. We talk about this all the time. And as there are more and more, you know, there are variables with doing these outdoor shows, weather being one of them. But I appreciate the opportunity to host Rocklahoma once again. Saw some uh, great performances. Def Leppard was real, real good opening the uh, closing the main stage on opening night on Friday. Joe Elliott sounded in fine form which was really good to see. Rat turned in a great set. It was good to see Fuel. I always liked that band. I saw Buck Cherry for the first time since their lineup disruption. Very strange to see that band without my good friend and founding member, uh, co-founding member, uh, Keith Nelson. So it was uh, a bit strange for me to see them like that. And it's certainly different. I think where we're really going to see the impact of Keith Nelson not being in Buck Cherry is going to come into play when they go to make a record because that's where Keith was really instrumental in that band in terms of not only playing but co-producing and writing the material with Josh. A lot of these bands, let's be honest, on these festivals, on state fairs, on casino dates... Promoters are buying logos, folks. They're buying logos. Most of them have no idea who's in the band, and quite frankly, outside of the very, very, very key star members, most of the fans have no clue who's in these bands. And honestly, they don't care. And we've seen that time in and time out. So of the 25,000 people who watched Buck Cherry at Rocklahoma, a very, very, very small percentage of them probably even didn't, didn't even recognize that they were, were without longtime drummer Xavier Murrell and without longtime founding member Keith Nelson. They just didn't know and didn't care, and that's not a slight on those guys at all. That is just the nature of this business. We've seen it so many times. Everyone seems to be replaceable. And yes, the hardcore fans will chirp and know what's going on. But by and large, the logo's there. The skinny guy with the tattoos singing crazy bitches there. And that's all they know. And that is just the reality. Uh, it, so we'll see how this all plays out. But Keith and Xavier not in Buck Cherry anymore, and the other guys moving forward without them with replacement members. And also, Stevie and Josh are launching another band called Josh Todd and the Conflict. So there are going to be two bands that feature Josh and Stevie from Buck Cherry. We'll see how this all plays out. But, you know, that is something that I noticed big time when you look at festivals and any of this What's known in the industry as soft ticket shows, shows where 
you know, it's not a situation where there's a headline or an opening act and that's it. Where they stack up 10 bands uh, for a state fair or a festival or casino gig or anything like that. And people have no clue. Most of the people buying the talent have no clue. The agent's not going to tell them. Nobody cares. They're buying logos. They're buying the names to put on an ad mat. And because of that, that is why you see the wars that happen over name ownership. Because very quickly, people have realized that... And listen, every band has their star members. I'm not talking about the star members. Those guys will be felt if they are gone. But every band has their star members. But by and large, most of the guys in that band could be replaced, regardless of how talented they are. And most fans wouldn't know, and it wouldn't hurt their attendance. I mean, Richie Sambora hasn't been in Bon Jovi and they're still playing a couple nights in arenas. And he was a star. So it's just the nature of the business. Very few people pay pay close attention to it. And uh, you see that play big time in what happens with uh, bands at this level of playing festivals. Fuel, a band I liked a lot back in the day. They played. I hadn't seen them in a long time. They sounded great. Only one original guy, and that's the singer, Brett. And he didn't write the songs. The, the guy who wrote every song in that band is Carl Bell, their guitar player, and he's not in the band anymore. Do you think anybody in that audience had any clue who was or was not an original member of Fuel? Of course not. Couldn't care less. So that is sad, but that is how most casual rock fans are. Anyway, uh, Fuel was real good. Enjoyed seeing them. It had been a long time. I, I saw so many bands. A lot of bands, quite frankly, I didn't see. Just because at these festivals, I'm kind of running around, pulled in a lot of directions, and don't get to see everything. I uh, did see some of Zach Sabbath, which is Zach Wilde's Sabbath tribute, which was really, really good. Uh, they were cut short a little bit because of weather, but that was killer. And Zach is in crazy shape right now. I mean, he always had the, the arms and, you know, was bulked up, but he's he's like dropped a ton of weight and he's cut and... I don't know. He wouldn't tell me what he did because he'll, I'll never get a straight answer out of him about anything. But he looked great. So good to see him looking so good and healthy. And he was his, his, his Sabbath tribute, which is going to now be touring and doing shows, was really, really, really good. Um, Jackal. <laughs> Jackal's an interesting band. In some parts of the country, they can barely draw any people. And in other parts of the country, they do phenomenally well. And Oklahoma and a stage like Rocklahoma is a sweet spot for them. They owned it. They killed it. They are the epitome of beer drinking, hell raising, rock and roll. And Jesse James Dupree, really a tremendously underrated frontman and just killer on stage. And the whole band, a lot is made of Jesse and Jacqueline, and rightfully so. He's a tremendous frontman and performer and entertainer. But the other three guys in that band bring it too, and it was really, really a great set from them. They just crushed. Uh, I thank Jesse. He once again brought me out on stage to carve the carve up the uh, bar stool and smash it with him. There's some video of that. That was a lot of fun, and I appreciate Jesse having me out there. Nobody got injured, most importantly. So that's a little bit of the overview of some of the bands that I saw. I saw a little bit of Seether. I saw a little bit of The Offspring. Uh, there again, some bands didn't play. Soundgarden was supposed to play. Of course, they did not. 
So it was uh, an interesting, interesting weekend of Rocklahoma. And if you guys were there, I uh, hope you all had a good time and everybody was safe and enjoyed what was uh, a fun, at times very hot, at times stormy weekend in prior Oklahoma. As usual, all of my appearances are on the homepage of eddytrunk.com. As we roll through the summer, more and more events will be coming up. So just have a look at the homepage and follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Eddie Trunk. And please visit eddytrunk.com. Right on the homepage, like I said, all of my appearances are there. And I will keep you posted. There's music news updated daily on the site as well. And uh, more stuff as it comes in. And I potentially have a pretty big announcement on the TV front. No, not that metal show, but maybe some other stuff cooking that I'll be able to share with you very soon. So keep an eye on the social media. And, of course, like I said, the site. Don't forget, I do a daily rock talk show every day, Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time. It replays every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern, on Sirius XM Channel 106. The show is called Trunk Nation. The channel is called Volume. It is all rock talk and interview. So join me for that. Many of the interviews you hear on the podcast originate from my radio show. So check it out every day, live 2 to 4 Eastern, replay 9 to 11 Eastern, Sirius XM 106 volume. Uh, What else do I need to tell you before we get to our interview? I think that pretty much covers it. Rest in peace, Greg Allman, another rock and roll tragedy. You know, we had uh, Chris Cornell we were talking about last week, and now we are talking about Greg Allman, an icon, a really architect of Southern Rock, gone at the age of 67. We are seeing this on a regular basis. I suspect, unfortunately, we will continue to see it as the heroes and icons of rock music continue to get older and older. And in the case of a guy like Greg, a super talent, but obviously lived some hard years. So this is going to happen when guys get around this age, unfortunately. Um, all right. Speaking of getting up to a certain age, the guy that we are going to have as a guest coming up in a few minutes here on the Eddie Trunk podcast, he's up there in years, but he is still as good as he's ever been. And I'm talking about the legendary Alice Cooper. This interview is kind of an interesting backstory. As I just mentioned, a lot of my interviews originate from my radio show. And this one happened when I was last in Tulsa, which was about a month ago. I was here to host a show in downtown Tulsa with Dokken. And the night I came into Tulsa, I realized that Alice Cooper was also playing that night. So I reached out and went to see Alice Cooper, and it was a great show, and uh it was had a great time seeing him and i asked if he would be willing to come by my radio show which i was doing from tulsa that next day at a place called the idl ballroom the same place i'll be this friday so i asked him if uh he would be willing to join me and come by in front of a live audience and come on the radio show and he was nice enough to do so so that is the interview that you're about to hear again it originated on my satellite radio show and i'm now able to bring it to you for the world to hear right here on the eddie trunk podcast alice came off the golf course a little bit early 
and sat down. We had an audience of about 50 people. You will hear some of them ask questions. We took some calls from the audience as well, and we uh, had a great time talking with truly one of the nicest guys and best people you could ever meet. Since this interview was done, Alice talks about playing a show with his original band. That show indeed did happen. Uh, the album that Alice talks about. And this, this interview was significant because this is the interview in which Alice broke the news that Larry Mullen from U2 was playing drums on his new record, which really surprised a lot of people, myself included. So that, that this is where that news was broken on, on this particular radio show. So anyway, uh, you'll hear that and a whole lot more about Alice and his career and what he's got coming up as he continues to go forward as he approaches his 70s. But as I often say, a lot of these guys, they, uh, you ask why they're still going because they're not that good anymore. You don't ever ask that question with Alice Cooper because he really is still that good. He really is. If you go see him, you will see what I'm talking about. So Alice Cooper coming up. The Eddie Trunk Podcast is produced by Katie Irizarry each and every week. We will take a break. We'll come back and we will bring you the man, the legend, Alice Cooper, in a brand new interview talking about his upcoming new record and a whole lot more on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Well, when you're looking to buy a car, you want to make sure that you're getting real pricing on actual inventory, right? Now, unfortunately, a lot of times this isn't the case. People configure cars online, and then later they find out that the cars aren't available. So what good is that? With True Car, though, you can get real pricing on actual inventory. This is not pricing offered by True Car, but pricing from an actual dealer. And not just any dealer, but a True Car certified dealer. This is a carefully curated network of dealers committed to transparency and offering you a competitive market price. Using True Car, you can easily find the car you want. Next, True Car will show you what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. And now you know what a fair price is so you can feel confident. Over 3 million cars have been sold, ladies and gentlemen. Yep, 3 million that is a crazy crazy amount and they've all been sold to true car users by the true car certified dealer network there's over 13,000 true car certified dealers nationwide and you'll work directly with true car certified dealers and uh and you'll be in contact with them so it's really really the way to do it true car users they're more likely to enjoy a faster buying process when they connect with true car certified dealers and true car users save you ready for this over three thousand off msrp so when you're ready to buy visit true car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience some features are not available in all states Today on Geffen Playhouse Unscripted, we are joined by actor, producer, director, author. What else can you do, Brian Cranston? I sweep floors. You do? And I load a dishwasher really, really well. Do you unload it? Not too many. Okay. <laughs> we could give you a job in our the house. The talent is loading it, not unloading. No, the talent is buying the dishes that fit together and not the dishes that I buy that don't fit in the dishwasher. Well, I could teach you how they can fit. Okay, oh, Brian, right. thank you. That's Brian Cranston on Geffen Playhouse Unscripted. Be sure to listen on Podcast One or through the Podcast One app and Apple Podcasts. 
This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Welcome back to the quickest podcast ever, brought to you by Kohl's. Today's topic, Mother's Day. Mm, just picking out some gifts at Kohl's. There's a KitchenAid mixer calling my name. Your name? Doing some self-gifting, huh? Nah, that's for my mom. Baking's her love language. Uh, love that. The Fitbit, that's for me. Getting it for the self-care and the Kohl's cash. That's a big deal. So's the 20% off and free store pickup. I can get it all in less than an hour. Talk about shopping goals. 20% off for valid April 28th through May 2nd. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. All right, it's time now for us to head to the IDL Ballroom in Tulsa. This conversation happened about a month ago with a live audience originating on my SiriusXM volume show, Trunk Nation, which, again, you can hear live Monday to Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time, on SiriusXM Channel 106 and replaying every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. So Alice Cooper, nice enough to drop by, spend some time with me. The We also had earlier in this show Don Dockin. I'll try to bring you that interview at a later date. But Alice Cooper talking about all sorts of great stuff. One of the good guys in the world of rock music and needless to say, one of the one of our living legends indeed. So enjoy right now Alice Cooper on the Eddie Trunk podcast with a live audience at the IDL in Tulsa. Good to see you, man. Good to see you, as always. How about a round of applause out there for Mr. Alice Cooper, huh? There we go. The fact that I'm on this side of the earth is a good thing. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I watching the show last night, it was so good. And I said this at the top of the show coming on before you were here. I said, we're, we're in this time where... Every day you're hearing about which artist is going to retire, who should hang it up because they're not good anymore, who's, who, who's lost a step, who can't sing. You never hear that about Alice Cooper. And I maintain the reason why is because you're still so damn good. You'd be, it's not even a question out well, there. I surround myself with the best players, for one thing. You know, you, you, I think Steven Tyler does that, too, and Ozzy does that. You know, you, you find the best players. And, and in this case, I find the best players who are also best friends. Yeah. Uh, Chuck, you know, uh, you know is, is best friends with Ryan and Ryan and Tommy and Glenn. Everybody is best friends up there. And so the, you never hear hassle backstage. Everybody's just laughing. You know, if somebody says, uh, whose solo is this? Everybody just stands there and waits for anybody to just say, okay, I'll take it. You know, it's not one of those, that's got to be my solo. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where if it's, if it's a solo that's going to be more of a shred solo, then, you know, Nita's going to take that. If it's more of a rock and roll solo, then, you know, Ryan's going to take it. So it just falls into place every night. What's amazing, though, Alice, is that you've had so many people in your bands over the years, and a lot of people have plucked some people from your bands that yep. have gone on to other things. Sure. But you're able to kind of somehow, the band's able to kind of grow another head, so to speak, because yep. the people that come in p- either pick up where that person's left off and even taking it a step further. I was yep. talking about watching Glenn Sobel play. I mean, he's just, um, he's been with you for a while, but just a beast. And now, I, I guess Nita is still the newest member, yeah, right? Yeah, she is. But I mean, just what she's, she does up there and, and how great she is on stage and the, the spotlight your band has given her. I mean, it's got to make you feel good to be able to see this stuff happen. Yeah, it does. I mean, I had Orianti in the band. 
band. And right. getting Orianti was great because Ori can just, I mean, she's one of the premier guitar players around. Yeah. You know. Great singer, too. And when she went with Richie, you know, I totally understood that. In fact, I helped her. I said, go do your own album. It's time for you to do your own album. And if you're going to be with Richie Sembora, good, because the guy knows what he's doing. Now i got to go find somebody else that's kind of like that. And we were going out with Motley on their final tour. So I said, I need a shredder. I need somebody that's going to shred because it's going to be a different audience. I mean, we're going to play Alice Cooper songs. But, you know, if you go into Constrictor or Raise Your Fist and Yell with Kane Roberts stuff, that's all shred metal. Right. You know, so I said, let's. And somebody said, you should watch this girl, Nita Strauss. And I saw her play with the uh, Iron Maidens. Yep. And I went. That's the chick right there, because yeah. she doesn't just play. She goes there to take over that stage, and that's what I want. Yeah, you know, I didn't have to teach her anything. She just does it. And know. three guitar players. I mean, it sounds so full out front. It yeah. really, really does. Well, Tommy holds everything down. Yeah. You know, you get Tommy in there, who doesn't necessarily want to play lead. He wants. To, he's the anchor. Right. He's the you know he's the Izzy Stradlin of the whole thing. Right. That just holds it down and kind of watches where everybody is, and he's the main singer. And you know, past me. So you have to have that one guy that you pivot on, you know. Um, and then that, that releases Ryan and, and Nita to take off right. on the guitars. You know, you've got, uh, needless to say, such an unbelievable catalog of music, that, and you can't certainly address it all in, in an hour and a half, two-hour show. But I thought it was really cool. Like last night you opened with Brutal Planet, which is a song that I love, yeah. and I hadn't heard you play in a while. Yeah. And I thought it was a really cool way open the show i imagine having some of this newer younger blood in the band i mean are they i mean i'm assuming you ultimately pick the set list but do they kind of get in your ear and say hey how about let's do this one and work you at times <laughs> that's they work me a lot <laughs> and you know and and a lot of it is now that you have her and we are playing a lot of the big festivals in europe this year so i am way open-minded to this I said, when you're playing Wacken, you know, in Germany, that's a metal audience. Yeah. So, yeah, they learned Roses on White Lace, which is just a, you know, f frantic, you know, guitar song. Right. And I went, absolutely. Take it. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, they wanted to learn Sirius off the inside, from the inside album. I went, absolutely. So uh, there's nothing that's out of bounds. Yeah. You know, but in the end, I let myself arrange the show knowing you know, knowing where the song should lie. But, you know, I'm not going to play Roses on White Lace in San Antonio because that, that's a rock audience. I'm going to take that song into the metal audience. Yeah. You know, so I can go to a bunch of metal songs and, and put them in. I thought but, it was great that Only Women Bleed was in, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, was... I mean, that whole section of, of you know, Cold Ethel. Yeah. You know, getting killed and then doing Only Women Bleed and Cheryl coming out. As Cold Ethel. Yeah. And doing the ballet and everything. It really makes makes it very Cooper-esque. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could talk about the show and the amazing songs and the, and the set forever. But I want to ask you, when we talk about, and when I watch you play, and I watch how good you still are, you okay. personally and what you're doing and what the band is doing and everything. But then you take a step back and you see so many of the bands you came up on this scene with that are either retiring or ending or calling it quits where's your take on all of that? I mean, do you see an, an end for what you do, or do you just, as long as you feel good, you just keep, go do, keep doing it? Well, you know, it, I have a theory about this. Um, if you think that you've written your best song, you shouldn't make another album. In other words, if you say, well, I'm never going to write a better song than School's Out or this or that, then you should really never do another album. 
I don't think Paul McCartney sits around saying, well, I'm, I, I've never, you know, I haven't written. He, I'm sure that he thinks he hasn't written his best song yet. Right. So he's going to keep recording. Um, if you think you've done your best show, you shouldn't be out there touring. Because I look at it as the next tour's got to be better than Nightmare. The next tour's got to be better than From the Inside. You know, you always have to think it's going to be better. Look at Ray Davies' new record, Poetry. That's as good as anything he's ever done. Mm-hmm. You know, and probably people were not expecting that song. But is it? But does it bum you out as an artist and as a songwriter, though, when you look at something like that, like Ray Davies making a new record, or any of these uh, artists that have huge catalogs, yourself included, make new records, and then the 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 brutality of trying to get it over and sell it versus your catalog is 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 even the Stones, who I mean, they all struggled trying to get new music. Those over. days are over. The, 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 the you gold, make it for the, yourself. The golden age is over. No. You're making them for your you. I have like a world of fans out there all over the world, and it took 45 years to build that right. fan base. So when I make records now, I make them for those for those people. I really I'm not trying to break a new audience. Right. You know I'm not trying to 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 take the you know a band like uh, the Stripes audience, you know, or anybody like that. I am I am playing an album for an audience that's already there. And I think Aerosmith is too, and I think anybody that's established is making records for their fan base. Uh, the new record, by the way, is, is called Paranormal, and it's uh, uh, I've got Larry Mullins on drums from U2, which is really an interesting really? choice. Yeah, instead of going to a hi hat, he'll go to a tom tom. He plays. Drums. How did that happen? It was just Bob Ezra and I sat there, and he and Bob says, "What do you think about Larry Mullins on drums?" And I went. That's a great idea. It'll change things up so much on just the basic tracks, you know. And yeah. Larry, he wants, I want to see the lyrics. Really? I said, really? He says, yeah, I play to the lyrics. I don't play to the bass. And I said, that is so cool. You know, just the idea that you're interpreting the lyrics on the drums. So that's, uh, that it totally makes the album another album. And then Billy Gibbons on one of the on the, one of the guitars, you know, on a song called "I've Fallen in Love and I Can't Get Up," <laughs> <laughs> and it's just purely we we after we cut the record, I went, it, if Billy Gibbons doesn't play on this, we shouldn't put this one out because I mean it is so much him. And he got the record. He said, "I got the flu, but man, this song makes me feel better." Wow! Played it. It just killed it. But three of the original guys, Neil, Dennis, and Mike. And I wrote f- three songs for the new album, and they're playing on the album. Dennis uh, brought in two songs. Neil and uh, Mike brought in a song. There's one song called "I Want to Be a Genuine American Girl," <laughs> and I said, "That's so." P-. It was going to be "I Want a Genuine American Girl," and I went, "No, no, no. I want to be a genuine American girl," <laughs> and it's it's really a tough song. So it's this guy going, you know, I got to paint my nails, I got to do my hair, you know. <laughs> You're doing a show with those guys too, are you not? Nashville, yeah. When is that? We're going to be doing that in a couple of weeks, I guess. Uh, uh, they're going to come up and do the last five songs after. Do we, they all live there? Is that why you picked no, Nashville? No, no, no. We're just bringing them in because uh, you know. I see Neil and and Dennis all the time, mm-hmm. and then Mike came back on the scene, and Mike is playing great, and it just all fell into place. Neil and I started writing songs. Dennis threw in a few songs, and Mike started playing. We spent about a week in the studio, and 
really came up with some really good stuff. I mean, it's really, really good Alice stuff. And I said, let's put it on the record. And then I said, what would, what, wouldn't it be a cool thing in London, who is one of our biggest fan bases, by the way, it, th- three quarters through the show, curtain comes down, curtain comes back up, and it's the original band. And we finish the show out with five, you know, No More Mr. Nice Guy, 18, yeah. you know, all the, all the original stuff. Yeah. It's, it's going to be such a, you know, such a build on that. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm like, and, and they're playing great. Neil, those guys are playing great. You know, I, I went up to Toronto a few weeks ago, and I have to thank you for this because I, I always wanted to interview Bob Ezrin. Yeah. And I have him on this show. Yeah. And I, I had contacted him, and we had some discussions. And I said, you know, I, I'll come to Toronto if you give me a full show. And he said, uh, he, he emailed me back. He said, I checked you out with Coop, and he, he gave you the thumbs up. So he, so thank you for the vote of confidence, Alice. Well, Bob is really, he's, he was my George Martin. You know, he was the guy that took a band that couldn't get on the radio for any amount of money and took those songs and found the root, the thing that really was good about those songs and turned them into 18 and Schools Out and Nice Guy and all those songs. But he was the one that believed in the band. And somehow, honestly, we never listened to anybody. People would tell us all kinds of things to do back then. Frank Zappa, everybody would go, yeah, right. Yeah, good idea. Oh, yeah. Why did you decide to listen to Ezra? We have no idea. <laughs> I don't know, but he just came in and he would tell, he would, you know, he would come in and he would say, we would play 18 and 18 was this long because we wanted to be the Yardbirds, you know. And he would say, okay, take all of this out. This is the song. And we go, well, but that's just three minutes of duh. And he says, what's the song about? I'm 18 and I like it. It's supposed to be duh. <laughs> <laughs> and we, every time we would come back in, he'd go down. And we'd go, we can't take anything else out of this song. As soon as we dumbed it down just to the dumbest, lower, lowest denominator, it was a hit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Yeah, keep because it, of keep what the song was. What the song was, was dumb, 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 dumb. And the kids, I'm 18. I'm a boy. I'm a man. And the, the kicker to the song, the trick ending was, and I like it. It was, you know, the guy going, I'm 18. I'm confused. I hate myself. I love myself. And I like it. You know, and that was the thing that sold that song. I what think. song of yours became a hit most unexpectedly in your career? Like, which one took you by surprise? I think Poison. Poison? Yeah, Poison I was not expecting. I thought it was too sophisticated for the radio. It was all that, you know. Long, too. The, the full-length version is about five minutes, yeah, right? Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, when you're working with Desmond Child, all, I loved what he did with Bon Jovi and Motley and Aerosmith and everything. And I said, give me that. But give me Alice's dark side, the sexy dark side of Alice with that song. And we sat down and wrote Poison. And he just says, okay, go away for two days and come back. And when I came back, he had done all the background vocals in there. There's like 27 different. It's like Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, yeah, it's pretty stacked, yeah. Which was a very much sign of the time. But when I heard it, I just went, I knew it was a hit then. But I was surprised that it was that big 
internationally. Yeah, not only was it a hit, I mean, it was a huge sort of comeback record for you. It, it really was, brought your whole career back. Yeah, between that and Wayne's World. That came out about the same time as yeah. Wayne's World, yeah. 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 <laughs> no, but that's true. I mean, that was a yeah. Wayne's World thing was a huge, huge yeah. thing. I think the Wayne's World movie just celebrated as a 25, 25 year anniversary. Yeah. I think something like yeah. that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, those were big, big, pivotal moments. And, and by the way, we're not worthy. I get it, okay? <laughs> Every airport is five times an airport. Every time I'm in there, you know. You can be in Russia and it's, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're not worthy. <laughs> you know, I guess. And I've always got to pretend like it's clever. I always go, ah, oh, how smart you are. You know, I deal with, on a much, much, much smaller level, I got to stump the trunk, man. Oh, absolutely. So, so I can't even imagine at that level what you're getting with, uh, with the I'm not worthy still for 25 years. Well, Michael Myers says it could have been a lot worse. I could have stuck you with something a lot worse than that. You know? <laughs> but it, that was one of the catchphrases in the whole movie. And uh, uh, it, it's so funny. With 25 years later, it's fresh. It's every day. I get oh, yeah. we're not worthy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, when is the record that you're that – you said what is it called again? It's called Paranormal. And when is it going to come out? July. July. And the reason it's paranormal is because I said, I love that title, Paranormal, but it's not really a scary record. It's a couple of scary songs in it, but paranormal meaning other than normal. This is not a normal Alice record. Bob and I decided no theme this time. We're going to make a record of things that just get us off, songs that we like. And right. they might go in a lot of different directions, but these are just songs that get us off. Speaking of songs, um, that that go in a lot of directions and songs that you love, the Hollywood Vampires record, yeah, which had some some gr- has some great stuff on it and uh, so many great performances and things, and then of course is an on and off kind of concern as far as playing live. Where does that all slot in for you? Because you have a pretty big touring schedule coming up. You're going to go out and do a co-headline with Deep Purple, right? Yeah. yeah. And then are you still going to work in some vampire stuff from time to time? I'll tell you what it's going to be. This is the tentative idea behind it. Okay. The the first tour went so well with the vampires um, that... Aside from Joe's, you know... Joe had a little accident there. uh, uh, Did we we ever get any clarification on on all that from Joe? Well, I mean, what, what, what did you go through with that? I didn't realize that most bands play two shows a week. Yeah. We play five. Yeah. You know, and our shows are a little more extreme than most other people. And so, by the way, they play two shows a week, as I'm sure Joe told yeah. you, but I know for a fact because that's all Steven wants to do yeah. because of his voice and his that's feet right. and everything like that's that. That's right. So you're right. They've been very used to that schedule. So we're in the summertime. We're on our eighth show in nine days. And I didn't realize that Joe was not in shape for that. You know, it's outdoors. We're in Brooklyn, sold out show. And first song, bam, and he's gone. And... You know, we, I looked at Johnny as a. <laughs> Luckily, Johnny is a great lead guitar player. Johnny, uh, Joe Perry takes guitar lessons from Johnny Depp. That's how good Johnny is. For real? Yeah. Well, you know, I asked Bob Ezrin that yeah. when I just saw him. Yeah. And I said to him, I pulled, I said, Bob, off the record, Johnny Depp, is he a player? Can he really, is he a musician? Because, you know, Ezrin will lay it out there oh, yeah. flat. And yeah. he goes, He's really good. Yeah. And I was surprised to hear that. Yeah. He's a, he's a strong guitar player. And he took all the leads, you know, uh, took all of Joe's leads. Him Between him and Tommy Hendrickson. Right. They played all the leads. And, uh, and really what it was was Joe was just out of shape. 
Yeah. And it just collapsed. You know, three days later, he calls me up and he says, I'm ready to go. And I said, no. Yeah. You know, Steven Tyler was calling me saying, you know, <laughs> don't what kill, you, my, don't guitar kill my guitar player. And I said, <laughs> you know, uh, it, the funny thing is, is the vampires was doing songs about all of our dead drunk friends. And it was, you know, just that's the just, concept of the record. Yeah. yeah. It was, uh, you know, uh, Jimi Hendrix and Jim Morrison and T. Wright, all the guys that we used to drink with that died. We decided, well, we're going to do all their songs. Everybody in our band was straight. Everybody used to be in that gang and didn't die. You know, we should tell people, too, uh, we just talked about it earlier in the show today, Mario Magliardi of the, of the Rainbow passed away yesterday. Oh, I, didn't I don't know, know if you heard that. I know. He just passed away yesterday. No. And it was just announced at 91, I think he was. But if you go into that upper level of the Rainbow, that's where the Hollywood vampires would meet, right? That's where the real Hollywood vampires in the 70s, that was our drinking club. So you'd get there and there'd be... John Lennon, Harry Nilsson, Keith Moon, at me every night, and we would sit there and drink. Well, we would sit there and we would wait to see what Keith Moon was going to wear. You know? <laughs> and, what was the most ridiculous thing? Oh, else? no, every night. It was like, you know, he came in one night as the Queen of England, but full out the Queen of England, you know. <laughs> uh, the next night he'd come out and he'd be Hitler. You know, with a mustache and, a, you know. Uh, I don't think up, he was getting any girls that night. <laughs> he showed up one night as a French maid, you know, with a little duster and all this. And, you know, my wife is 18 years old at the time, and she goes, who is he? <laughs> and I say, he's the best drummer in the world. Yeah. He is by far the best drummer in the world, and everybody agrees with that. Um, and See, then he would come over and stay at the house for two weeks, you know. Uh, and... And after he'd leave, you'd have to go on vacation because he would wear you out. He was, you know, the things he would do in one day would be something that would take you a year to do. You know. uh, but so back to the vampires. Anyways, yeah, um, you're going to slot that in when you can. Johnny's doing five movies this year okay. so that he can take next year off. Uh, Joe's finishing up Aerosmith. I'm finishing up this tour. So 2018, we should be recording a new album, all original stuff this time. And um, pretty major tour, world tour for the vampires. I don't know who's on bass right now. Robert DeLeo is, is on bass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and drums, Matt Sorum is on drums. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the bass and drums can change. Right. You know, we, we had Zach uh, playing drums for us for a while. Okay. Zach uh, Starkey? Ring, yeah. Okay. Ringo's son. Uh, All right. And he plays very much like Keith Moon. Right. Because Keith taught him how to right. play. But it'll be fun to, to, to go from this tour to that tour. Yeah. You, know? you like working this much still? Oh, yeah. I've, My you know. gosh, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it's incredible. You, no, you have no desire to slow down in no. any way. No. Uh, this tour you takes feel good a, physically. You, our, our last show is December 6th. We're <sighs> on five continents this year. Amazing. And we just started. And this show is, starts in fourth gear and stays there. <laughs> There's <laughs> one ballad in the whole show, you know. Are you, uh, are you okay with staying for a few more minutes and taking some questions from sure, the audience here? Sure, No math, okay. <laughs> okay. By the way, my, uh, my lovely daughter is over there. Calico. Lead singer for Bisto Blanco. Hi, Calico. And I've seen Bisto Blanco with Chuck Garrick. 
She's the motor queen. It's uh, it's pretty badass. People yeah. have to check out that band if you haven't already. Pretty Monsters nasty. of Rock Cruise. We sailed together recently. That's so. right. She said, she, Eddie's here. She said, we, we're sailors. We're sailors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Alice Cooper's here for a few more minutes. We are live from Tulsa. We have some people here in our live audience. We're going to get a few questions from. We're going to alternate between them and our busy phone lines. We only have 15 minutes before we have to end the show, but we'll get as many people in as we can for some questions for Alice Cooper. We'll start right here in the venue. Go ahead, sir. What's your name? Hi, my name's Trevor Houston. I'm from Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Okay. I just wanted to say I'm a really big fan, of course, Alice. I'm also a really big Frank Zappa fan. So I was just wondering, do you have any interesting Frank Zappa stories to tell? (laughs) Frank, Frank, uh, one of the reasons that Frank signed us Uh was because he listened to us play in his living room at 7 o'clock in the morning. And this was the Pretties for You album. This is when the Alice Cooper band was as psychedelic as you could get. And he sat there and he listened and he goes, I don't get it. And I went, is that good? And he goes, yeah. (laughs) He said, I'm Frank Zappa and I don't get it. (laughs) And he says, you guys have got seven songs here that is two minutes long. And there's 38 changes in it, and they never go back to the original changes. I went, yeah. And he says, where are you from? I said, <laughs> Phoenix. And he goes, okay, I don't get it. And so he Here's a record us, deal. <laughs> signed us immediately. He says, he, you know, he says, uh, it, it, you are to- totally from another planet. Yeah. So, yeah, he, that's, that, and Frank was great. Frank yeah, was, I bet. How would you like to be sitting at Frank's house? Now, I'm, I'm a little fly on the wall at this point. And, um, you know, Mick Jagger and Marianne Faithful come in and they're drunk and he throws them out. And I'm going, you can't throw Mick Jagger out of here. <laughs> Frank Zappa goes, get out of here. Come back when you're sober. Wow. Amazing. And I saw him hand Jimi Hendrix his first Wawa pedal. Wow. And I went, wow, that's history right there. You know? <laughs> All right. Thank, you for, the, thank, thank you. you for the question. Let's get one from the people listening, of course. Let's talk to Sarah. Sarah's in North Carolina. Hi, Sarah. You're on with Alice Cooper. Hi. Hey, Sarah. Go uh, ahead with your question. Okay, so I was just curious. You have been doing this for a long time, obviously, and I was wondering, there are so many different types of people coming to your shows. Has there ever been a time where it was just really hard for you to stay in character because you see these odd things happening in the audience? Well, you know, uh, the I didn't know it was a character. What's the, that? Oh, yeah, the char- it's a character. <laughs> the character I play on stage is, you know, uh, he's a stone cold killer. He's a he's a villain up there, but he's got a sense of humor about it. And, uh, you know, uh, it's one of those things that when I play Alice, I play Alice to the hilt because he's couldn't be more opposite of me. And that's what's fun playing him. So, no, there's not too many times that anybody does anything in the audience that I haven't seen. You know, know. it's an interesting point. And, Sarah, thank you for your phone call. It's interesting what Sarah brings up because last night I was sitting in seats that uh, your folks were nice enough to give me, and they were uh, a few rows in front of the soundboard. So great spot right in the middle of the room, great great sound, everything. And my friend Doug, who's who's here, who's uh, putting on the show here tonight, he had tickets that he bought that were in the second row. Yeah. And he had an extra one. So about halfway through the show, I walked down to the second row to say hi to Doug. I, not only do I know you, but I know all the guys in your band and, and Nita very well. 
and it was it was almost awkward for me because everybody's like a foot away and I felt like you know I didn't want to break what they were doing and there is a moment where Nita uh, security didn't, hadn't checked my ticket and they were about to chase me yeah. and Nita was at the edge of the stage and she's looking at the security guy while she's playing she's going He's okay. So he can stay there. You know? and, and, but I talked to Nita about it afterwards, and she said that it's, it's, it's a tough thing, though, because that, that all of you guys, you, it's, it, you're so in the show yeah, that yeah. you don't want to break that. I guess in acting they call it, what, the fourth wall or whatever. That's right. Yeah, that's so, right. so that's important to you, actually. It, it really is. And, you know, uh, it's one of those things where, like, I see people all the time that I know, and I treat them like I don't know them. Yeah. You know, and I mean, if, I, if it's going to be something, an angry moment, I might go right at them and they go ha, ha. <laughs> you know and they get real serious because they go geez he's mad at me and i go no i'm not mad at you but alice is angry at everybody right. you know <laughs> all right thank you thank you for the call sarah great question didn't you just ask a question or are you a different guy Thanks. oh you guys look the same i'm sorry you guys in a band <laughs> are you in a band uh yes together I'm, I'm a, not well, not together Uh, all right. Uh, it's true. Mr. Rogers' Intergalactic Sexual Experience is I, the name of this guy's band. I, I have a new favorite band in Oklahoma. <laughs> That's a long T-shirt. That's a long yeah. logo. Go ahead with your question for Alice. Hey, uh, my name is Gabe Henry. I'm from Broken Arrow. Uh, you've been doing this for a long time, a lot longer than I've been alive, obviously. You know. um, I just wanted to uh, thank you for sticking around for my generation. I'm very thankful to still be getting new music from you and to be able to come to your live shows and still get the same amount of energy now that you showed a long time ago. Uh, you know, they, a shock is pretty much dead except for the fact that when you come and see a show and see Alice Cooper, who's almost 70, right? And the energy is higher now than it was then. You know, so it just shows you that it, there's no age thing when it comes to it. It's attitude. If you, yeah. you know, when you get up at rock and roll is about being an outlaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, most of your young rock bands are anemic. So it's good to see outlaws, you know, yeah. that are still out there. Yeah. And I think the only, the only music right now that has any attitude to it is metal. Yeah. That's and, and, you know, attitude. he he brings up a good point. How old are you, man? I'm 19. 19. You bring up a great point because I saw a lot of your audience, Alice. You've got everybody from people. I'm 52. People my age, people older than me, people like him, yeah. 19. It's amazing, the cross-section. And there were a lot of younger people that I met last night at your show that, I, that came up and talked to me in the in the lobby. And of all the younger people, I said, you know, you're really lucky. And they said, what do you mean? I said that Alice is still doing this. He's still as good as he is. And that your dad or you thought enough to come because as he just said, I mean, at 19 to be able to still see someone they, that they heard so much about, read so much about, but most importantly, still at the top of their game. I can't tell you, my young friend, how many bands that are Alice's age that honestly I go to see. I said they stayed too long at the party. But but when you're still doing it, there's a lot of times people tell me they see certain bands, and I'm not going to get into it now, and they'll say, yeah, I went to see whoever. I go, you really didn't see that band. You really didn't. You saw maybe one person from that band. This is still the real deal. Very I think much. if I, I think if I ever got up there and had to walk through it or phoned it in, I would never do it again. Yeah, you know? yeah. But but I I encourage you guys. Hard, you know, the one music that's not going to go away is guitar rock. Yeah. Uh, it's it's survived every change in in the music business. The one thing that keeps going forward is Detroit style guitar rock or Southern guitar rock, whatever you want to call it. But 
it's all based on Chuck Berry. It's all based on the Yardbirds and the Who and those guys. That music will never die. Yeah. So keep playing that music. You know. I will. Thank you. We're going to go back yeah. to the phones for uh, one more. Jeff in Los Angeles has been waiting an hour. Jeff, you're finally on with Alice Cooper. Go ahead, man. Alice, it's such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. I have to tell you that I'm calling on behalf of uh, the tribute community out here in Los Angeles. And one of the, I play drums in an Alice Cooper tribute band called Alice in Cooperland. <laughs> and we're, we're going to play our last show on May 20th because our singer, Larry Cornwall, passed away about a month ago. And uh, you were very kind to him on a couple occasions. Uh, he went through some major health problems, and you made a video for him. And it was really very special to him. I can't even tell you about that video of you reaching out to him. And, you know, Nita, Nita uh, your guitar player, she knows Larry very well. We've done shows together with uh, her when she was in the Iron Maiden. And right. I wanted to let you know how very special that was for all of us. Oh, well, thank you. And, you know, I mean, it's always a compliment to me if anybody does your music. You know, when somebody comes up and says, we're going to cover one of your songs, that's such a compliment. You know, there's, with all the music in the world out there, that somebody actually is going to f- found a song of yours that they want to do. Was there a cover that you heard that m- jumped out at you that really stands out? Is there one? Dio. Dio did a cover of Welcome to My Nightmare that was really good. Yeah. Really, really good. That I was surprised, you know, because a lot of times guys do covers and and they do their versions. And I get it. And I said, oh, man, they missed the point there. They missed that idea. They missed this. Dio really found I never heard Ronnie do that. I have to dig that out. Yeah, it's really, really pretty good. I I, I heard it and I didn't know who it was. I went, who is this? And they said, it's Ronnie. And I went, you know, and Chuck used to play with Ronnie. Right, right. So uh, that was the best cover I think I have heard of Alice. Might have time for one more question. We'll take this one from the audience here in the uh, Ideal Ballroom in Tulsa. Go ahead, sir. Hi, my name's Scott Squires from Tulsa. Hi. Um, one of the things I've heard all my life about Alice Cooper is, of course, being a great golfer. And I was told if you ever had the opportunity to play with Alice Cooper, don't. Because, <laughs> but so I, I was let- asking. What would you give to uh, someone who's just trying out, you know, to play golf because it's so frustrating? Most people I hear from, they answer that question, don't start, don't do it to yourself. (laughs) It's, it's, you know, I started playing because I was uh, alcoholic. And when I quit drinking, I had to find, I I had an addictive personality. So everything I do is very addictive. Uh, Maybe that's why I'm still Alice playing the shows because I'm addicted to it. But um, it it was one of those things I had to find an addiction that was going to kill me. You know, uh, I, I was a good baseball player and I figured, well, I'm on tour all the time. I have all day to do nothing in Wichita, you know, so golf, you know, and I said, how hard is it to hit a ball? You know, and I hit the very first swing I ever hit. I hit the ball right down the middle. You did. And I just went, Oh, that was sexual chocolate right there. You know, (laughs) and, and I was immediately addicted. I play six days a week for the last 35 years. Wow. Amazing. So you don't want to play me. How'd you hit them today? I, I shot two over today at Southern Hills, okay. which is like the top 20 golf courses in the world. And, I mean, I'm playing really good right now. I got a text from somebody when they said that I, that I, that I was going to be talking to you. They said, you know, I was at Callaway, and Alice has a Callaway endorsement. And they, I mean, I don't know the golf world at all. but you're Okay, Lou Reed played 
Bob Dylan plays, Iggy plays. Uh, uh, most of the people you would never expect to play golf. Most three guys in Pantera, you know, most heavy metal guys play, you know, because now it's something that when you're on tour, you can look forward to. You have all day to do nothing. So you, you get out there for four hours on the outside. And it's you and, get outside, you get some exercise, yeah, you're not fun. cooped up, and you're not, you and know, And it doesn't matter how good you are. Getting into bad stuff. Right, and, and it doesn't matter how good you are. Well, thank you, Dallas Cooper, for dropping by. It is not easy to get Dallas Cooper off the golf course early, and he was nice enough to do that and join me for the interview you just heard. Much appreciated. Always fun to talk to Alice, getting ready to release that new album, and I had just seen him uh, the night before you heard that interview, and the band was just still so good. He's got a killer band, and he's still out there as active as ever and doing so well, which is really, really great to see. So thank you, Alice. Thank you, guys guys for listening to the Eddie Trunk podcast. I will be back next week, next Thursday for another all new episode. You know what to do. Keep up with what I have going on on my social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Eddie Trunk. EddieTrunk.com is the website. Have a good week, everybody. And uh, see you next Thursday for another all new episode of the Eddie Trunk podcast via podcastone.com or iTunes. This is Chael Sonnen. Make sure you check out my podcast, You're Welcome. We talk about MMA. We talk about professional wrestling, politics, anything you need to know about today's top issues so that you can sound intelligent and you get them all from me, your humble host, America's favorite gangster. Make sure you check me out. You're Welcome with Chael Sonnen. New episodes every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at Podcast One app, Apple Podcasts, and, of course, PodcastOne.com. Welcome back to the quickest podcast ever, brought to you by Kohl's. Today's topic, Mother's Day. Mm, just picking out some gifts at Kohl's. There's a KitchenAid mixer calling my name. Your name? Doing some self-gifting, huh? Nah, that's for my mom. Baking's her love language. Uh, love that. The Fitbit, that's for me. Getting it for the self-care and the Kohl's cash. That's a big deal. So's the 20% off and free store pickup. I can get it all in less than an hour. Talk about shopping goals. 20% off are valid April 28th through May 2nd. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details.